okay, it's time to get you right. It's legal lens with Angela Redock Wright. KBLA Talk, 1580. Every Saturday, 11 a.m., baby. Bringing light to law. Hit it, educate, engage, and empower you all. Leading attorneys, policy makers. No fake in history in the making. Come on, let's go. It's time for the legal lens show. Come on, let's go. It's time for the legal lens show. Come on, let's go. It's time for the legal lens show. Come on, let's go. It's time for the legal lens. It's time for the legal lens. Go, 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 go. Hello, KBLA Talk 1580 listeners. This is the first weekend of August 2022. Can you believe it? The first weekend of August. Summer is already starting to wind down, and I'm so sad about that. But you are listening to The Legal Lens Show with Angela Redock Wright, where we bring law to light each Saturday and Sunday at 11 a.m. on Saturdays and 1 p.m. on Sundays. And we are broadcasting to you live from the Lemurk Park, USA area which is part of the famous Crenshaw District of Los Angeles. And those of you who listen every week, you know I absolutely love this area and encourage all of our listeners to come and be a part of Crenshaw and Lamert Park whenever you can. Their energy here is amazing. And as I always say each weekend, that each weekend, each day really is an opportunity for us to get it right, an opportunity to renew, to refresh, to spend time with our loved ones and to do the things that bring us joy. So I hope on this weekend you're doing something that brings you joy and that you're being kind to someone and that you're being compassionate to someone. Speaking of it being the first weekend of August, this weekend, August the 6th, is my mom, Wilma's birthday. Happy birthday, mom. She is one of our top listeners. I think, in fact, she's our is our top listener. She listens to the show every week without fail. And I just love and appreciate her so much and say, happy birthday, mom. I look forward to celebrating with you this weekend and many, many, many more birthdays. I'm excited about our show today. Um, we are celebrating, it was about a week or two ago, the 32nd anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act. That is a federal law that protects individuals with disabilities from discrimination in employment, housing, and services provided. So we're talking about the ADA today and specifically talking about it from the lens of an organization called Ability First, Ability Ability First, A-B-I-L-I-T-Y First. That is a nonprofit organization that honestly is quite near and dear to my heart. I served on the board for many years and was board chair and had a chance to be a part of a capital campaign for the organization. And so helping us to learn more about Ability First and through the lens of the ADA, we have two individuals, um, Kathy Sanders-Platnick, who is the uh, vice chair of the board, 
and a retired attorney from a top law firm in Los Angeles, and also Lori Gangemi, who's who is the CEO of Ability First. They are going to tell us more about Ability First, and also are going to talk about um, the Her Joan and Harry Meyer Center, which is located not too far from the KBLA studios um, in Inglewood on Crenshaw Boulevard. So we'll talk about some of the work of Ability First, the Joan and Harry Meyer Center, and some of the advocacy work they're doing um, to advocate for individuals and to deliver services to individuals with disabilities, particularly individuals with developmental disabilities such as autism. So you definitely want to grab your coffee, grab your tea, um, download the KBLA Talk 1580 app so you can take us anywhere you go and listen to today's show. We have some great information to share with you, some gems of information. And for those of you who have family members or friends who have developmental disabilities, you definitely want to give them a call to tune into this show or you want to tune in yourself or stay tuned in so you can tell them about what you learned. Um, before we jump into our show and bring our guests in in our next segment, you know we like to talk, to talk about some famous things from history and also to celebrate some birthdays. So um, this week in history, August 3rd, 1928, William A. Scott founded the Atlanta Daily World, which was the first Black daily newspaper in modern times. So that's amazing. And here in Los Angeles, we love our Black newspapers, the Los Angeles Sentinel, The Wave, our weekly LA Watch Times, and many others. Also this week in history, August 4th, 1865, that's Emancipation Day. On August 4th, 1865, the Loyal Creek Council formally declared that African Creeks would be considered full citizens of the Creek Nation. African Creeks soon designated August 4th, Emancipation Day, was organized with celebrations, including picnics, parades, and speakers, beginning as early as 1867. And on this day in history, August 7th, 1954, um, Charles H. Mahoney was confirmed by the Senate and became the first African-American to serve as a full delegate to the United Nations. So that is a great moment in history indeed. And this week, we're also celebrating some birthdays. We have actor Michael Ely, actor Isaiah Washington, Prince, Princess Meghan Markle. Um, I call her the Princess of the Crenshaw District because she's from this area. And um, activist and author Angela Davis. And of course, Pat, former President Barack Obama. He celebrated his birthday on August the 4th. And then Louis Armstrong also celebrated in having a birthday August 4th. And in honor of Louis Armstrong, we're going to be playing um, some of my favorite Louis Armstrong um, tunes and hits um, from over the years um, as we celebrate him through our music on the show today. So stay tuned. You're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. This is Legal Lens with Angela. And we have a great show for you. So grab your coffee, grab your tea, and download the app and listen to us as you go. More of Legal Lens with Angela Reddick Bright, helping you see legal issues more clearly when we come forward. 
Thank you so much for tuning in to KVLA Talk 1580. This is Legal Lens with Angela Redock Wright. And you were just listening to Louis Armstrong. We are celebrating Louis Armstrong's birthday this week, um, which was August 4th of two, uh, August 4th. He was born in 1901. So happy birthday, Louis Armstrong. And to help us with our discussion today, we are still celebrating the 32nd anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act and to help give us insight on that subject and work that's being done locally um, to service um, part of our disabled um, community. We have um, guests from Ability First, an organization which I mentioned is near and dear to my heart. I used to be on the board of the organization and I'm happy to welcome our two guests, um, starting with Board Vice Chair um, Kathy Sanders-Platnick. Good morning, Kathy. How are you today? Good morning. I'm doing well. Thank you. Good. Glad to be here. Thank you. And let me just tell our guests a little bit about you. So first I'll say, Kathy, I am envious of Kathy because she's um, something that I want to be one day, which is retired, a retired lawyer. <laughs> I, of course, love being a lawyer, but also look forward to the day when I can um look back on my career and appreciate all that I've done and go on to enjoy some other things. So that's what Kathy is doing. She is the vice chair of the board of directors of Ability First. And prior to joining the board, Kathy was a partner for 30 years with the international law firm of, of, of O'Melveny. Um, well, I guess it just goes by O'Melveny now. I, it I does. Yeah. O'Melveny and Myers, <laughs> um, which specializes in advising financial institutions. In addition to her work with Ability First. She also serves on the Developmental Services Task Force for the State's Department of Developmental Disabilities and is a part of a work group there as well. Um, and also joining Kathy is Lori Genjimi, who I've known. Lori, I don't know how many years now. It's probably been at least 10 and yeah, probably 15. <laughs> okay. And so, Lori, welcome, Lori. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you. Good, good. And Lori is the um, CEO of Ability First um, since 2004, and I'm proud to say I was a part of the board at that time and part of the board that selected Lori as the CEO of Ability First and just so proud of her and all the great work she's done. Um, she has spearheaded Ability First's growth from a $12 million to a $20 million organization. Wow. Um, just in awe, Lori. Congratulations to you and the organization. She leads a staff of 270 employees across Los Angeles County who provide a variety of programs designed to help more than 1,700 children and adults with development and disabilities achieve their personal best. So welcome to you, Lori, as well. So let's um, jump into our discussion and let's start with you, Lori. Um, can you give us a little more insight about Ability First, help our listeners who haven't perhaps have never heard of Ability First, but I'm sure many have, have um, tell us what Ability First is, who it services, um, where it's located. Okay, yeah. So we are in the business of helping people with developmental disabilities realize their full potential throughout their lives. And we do that with a variety of different programs. We have after school programs for school aged uh, youth. We have job training programs. We have community-based programs for adults. We have a fully accessible summer camp, K 
And uh, we have a, a fairly new, it's been about four years now, a college to career program where we're supporting individuals that are attending college that may have autism and other developmental disabilities. And we also, uh, through an acquisition, now have a manufacturing program that employs adults with developmental disabilities where there are employees and they're, they're doing great work in terms of manufacturing. So it's a, a broad range of services all targeted at people with developmental disabilities. Um, autism is the most prevalent among the clients that we serve, but there's certainly a wide, wide range of them. And we've been doing this for, I think, I believe it's 97 years now. We were founded in 1926 as the Crippled Children's Society during that pandemic of polio. Oh, wow. Have really uh, reinvented ourselves, um, you know, gone through that and, and several other transitions, as you might imagine, through the years to really be person-centered today and provide community-based programs. Excellent. And Lori, where, where are some of your locations? Yeah, so location that's close to our KBLA studios. Yeah, <laughs> we've been in Inglewood since 1976 at the Joan and Harry A. Meyer Center on the corner of 80th and Crenshaw. And that's one of our most vibrant uh, locations. We have an uh, after school program there as well as an adult program. And we also, that's what we call a community center. It also has an indoor uh, aquatic center. And in addition to teaching water safety and providing warm water exercise for people with developmental disabilities, it's open to the public to come in and swim for warm water exercise. Um, and so we have a lot of seniors that come in that have arthritis and other kinds of conditions that that's really beneficial for. We do the same thing in Long Beach and in Claremont, very similar types program, also uh, warm water aquatic centers at those locations. And then we're also in Pasadena, a large uh, location there for children and adults, and uh, then smaller presence in Glendale and a growing presence in East LA, and then our summer campus up in Crestline in the San Bernardino Mountains. Yes. So pretty much most of LA County. Right, right. And the camp I love because that's an opportunity for children who have, and, and is it children and teens or just children? And adults, yeah, and adults. Go to seniors. Mm -hmm. Go to a age group. They're not there at the same time, but we provide different programs for different age groups. Mm -hmm. And it's a sleepover camp, and we have campers up there right now that are um, back in person, uh, staying in the cabins, and uh, just having a fully accessible camp experience. Again, we have the uh, outdoor swimming pool there, and we have, you know, they do the skits by the campfire, and they giggle in the cabins at night, and all those things that anyone that went to summer camp remember. But it's uh, completely fully accessible, and it's one of a kind, really, camp on the West Coast. Wonderful. Um, I want to bring Kathy into the conversation, but before I do, I have to use this show to acknowledge and honor someone that I know Lori and I both know, love, and adore, uh, honor the memory of Mordina Moore. And Mordina was a longtime supporter and ambassador of Ability First, and in fact, introduced me to the organization and to the board. Um, she passed, what, about two years ago? Um, Lori, anything you want to, to and I'm sure many of those listening today know Mordina. Anything you want to share about Mordina? and just the loss of her and her passion for Ability First. Yeah, it, it really is a big loss for the organization because she had been on the board for th over 30 years by the time that she passed. And she actually went off the board a few years before that became an honorary board member. But she was such a strong advocate for people with developmental disabilities and particularly around our Joan and Harry Meyer Center. 
she knew Joan and Harry Meyer, uh, who found the land and donated the land and really felt strong about, you know, maintaining their legacy and helping the individuals in that community. And she helped us spearhead a capital campaign, which Angela chaired, to renovate our, our services there. And, um, you know, it really made a big difference for the families in that area. And I, you know, I think about her a lot because I wish she were here to see what we're doing today in the area of diversity, equity, and inclusion, because our board has recently come out with a, basically a mandate for us that we are going to be part of the solution as to why a lot of communities of color and lower income areas are not accessing services that are available for people with developmental disabilities. So we're doing a lot more work in South LA and East LA and different communities. And, um, you know, I would have, I just think of Mordina, I know she would be very proud and happy about that work in addition to all the work that we did during her lifetime. Yes, well, I'm sure she's watching down from above and she's probably directing things in her own little way. <laughs> and I definitely <laughs> want to talk more about the work around diversity, equity and inclusion in the disability services community. That is definitely critical. But let's bring Kathy into the conversation. So Kathy retired from the practice of law after 30 years working with Ability First and in this area of disability services. What what brings you to this work and, and why did you decide to, to serve on the board? Well, it's a, a very important issue, first of all, because people with um, developmental disabilities are often invisible uh, or they become visible uh, because of their behaviors and and people don't understand them. And I think it's important for us to, to provide a platform where we can help the uh, community better accept this vibrant community within. Um, but in part, I also became involved because I have a 23-year-old a son who is on the autism spectrum and has been quite challenged. So I know how difficult it is to find services and how few providers there are and how stretched the state has been at adequately funding this area. And so it was important to me uh, to be involved. And, and by the way, Angela, I used to say when I started practicing law that when I hit 55, I would retire and do something better for society. Um, I didn't quite make 55, but um, I am working hard on a number of different areas to try to, to fulfill that, that goal of doing something better for society. Yes, I love it. And and you're right. That's kind of what, how I see retirement is retiring from having to show up somewhere every day, but it committing right. my talents to, to something that's important or to um, things that are important. So I really applaud that, that you're doing that. So Kathy, I hate to pick on you, but as the resident lawyer today, I'm a lawyer, <laughs> too, but as the resident lawyer guest, um, we are, this show in part stems from the celebration of the 32nd anniversary right. of the Americans with Disabilities Act. Can you give our listeners a little more insights about what we call the ADA or the Americans with Disabilities Act and what it protects against? Well, what it really is focused on, and I am not particularly an expert in this area, but generally speaking, what it's really focused on is, is helping the world um, make accommodations where needed to help people who are um, physically or developmentally not at the same level have access to be part of the community, to be included and be among us and just really just a, another person with whom you're dealing. And so the ADA is really designed uh, to help provide accommodations to make that possible. 
Yes, um, thank you for that explanation. And if I could, I'll just kind of share um, specifically a little bit how it reads um, in the regulations. It says, the Americans with Disabilities Act became law in 1990. The ADA is a civil rights law that prohibits discrimination against individuals with disabilities in all areas of public life, including jobs, schools, schools, transportation, and all public and private places that are open to the general public. So the great thing is Ability First fits almost into all of those frameworks in terms of <laughs> providing opportunities and jobs and services um, across all areas of a, a person's life that, that may have a disability or autism, which you say there's the majority of clients. Um, Lori, I know that Ability First um, as we're celebrating the 32nd anniversary of the ADA, as you alluded to, the board of directors has made some, taken some strong steps in terms of a strategic plan um, and a strategic direction um, for the organization. And actually, I'll ask Kathy to respond to this as the vice chair of the board. So what, what's a part of the board's strategic plan that's relevant to where we are at this point in time? Um, I think the the big issue is is really focusing on expanding our diversity uh, in all all areas of the board. So that or of the organization, I should say. So that includes really focusing on expanding some of our services in underserved communities like East Los Angeles. Um, it includes um, educating our staff on the need for cultural sensitivity. This is also part of my work at the state level. Um, the state has been really focused on making sure that we have cultural competency in our organizations. And I think that's part of what we are doing at Ability First. And then it also, it goes all the way up to the board itself. We've been working hard at making sure we have a diverse board in terms of all range of backgrounds. Um, and um, that includes ethnicities and, and ages and sex, sex you know, gender, um, and then we now just recently created a participant council. So that was a council we put together that is comprised of clients of Ability First who come together and the focus is really to help them learn how to be on a board to have meaningful input and hopefully with the goal that at someday one of them can actually serve directly on the board. So we're really, really approaching this in a wide variety of ways. Excellent, um, Kathy. I love the new strategic plan and we'll continue to delve into that and also talk about some of the policy and advocacy work that Ability versus doing on the local and state level. So stay tuned as we come forward. We will continue our conversation with Kathy Sanders-Platnick and Lori Genjimi representing Ability First. You're tuned into KBLA Talk 1580. This is Legal Lens with Angela. Thank you for staying tuned to KBLA Talk 1580. This is Legal Lens with Angela, and you were just listening to Louis Armstrong. We are celebrating his birthday, which was August 4th. He was born in 1901. Happy birthday in heaven, Louis Armstrong. We have a great discussion today um, in celebration of the Americans with Disabilities Act. It just We just celebrated the 32nd anniversary of that act, which was passed in 1990. We have invited um, 
guest from the organization Ability First, an organization near and dear to my heart. I'm a former board member, board chair. One of my mentors, Mordina Moore, is a longtime advocate uh, for that organization prior to her passing. And helping us with our discussion, we have the vice chair of the board, Kathy Sanders Platnick, and the um, chief operating officer, the CEO, Lori Gangimi. Right before the break, um, Ability First, they were sharing their strategic plan, which includes um, a strategic initiative around diversity, equity, and inclusion. And it has several layers to it, um, which I'm really happy to see. Um, one of them, one of the um, elements of it, it involves a partnership with an organization many of us know about, the African-American um, Board Leadership Institute. Lori, can you tell us a little bit more about that partnership and where it fits in the organization's DEI plan and strategy? Yeah, so as Kathy was saying before the break that we made a conscious effort, we've always been focused on diversity, but I think we really made it a more conscious effort this year to be very specific on the types of individuals that we wanted to bring on the board to add diversity. And uh, Ray Cherry, from formerly from Union Bank, and some of you know, uh, Is he was still on, on the board. board. He, he has retired from the bank and from Ability First. Oh, but, well, congrats. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but before he did, he made an introduction for us to ABLE, the African-American Board Leadership Institute, and um, just started talking with them about Ability First and the fact that we were looking for a board member and what type of board member and how our board works. And we were introduced to a, an alum from there named Joe Brumfield, who is a vice president of development for a company called Hopskip Drive. And which oh, uh, I know that organization. Okay, yeah. and they have a large focus on people with disabilities as part of their uh, their clients, and so it was really great fit. And you know, Joe lives here pretty close to our administrative office in Pasadena, and um, but you know, wasn't very familiar with ability. I'd heard of ability first, but never had you know taken an opportunity to to reach out, and we weren't aware of him. So it just shows the power of these type of organizations that can and do this matching and bring people that may already be in the same, living in the same community together. And, um, you know, we had a couple Zoom calls and he came out and visited a couple locations, met with different board members and um, was really anxious to get involved. And we were anxious to have him. And it's been about a year, I guess, that he's been on the board and just really jumping in. And when we're excited to expand that partnership and, and hopefully have other people that have gone through their program um, get involved with Ability First because it's it's also nice when board members come with that. Most board members don't come with any kind of formal training. They're kind of just thrown in. And, and so it's nice when they have a little bit of the training from an organization like that. Indeed, indeed. So let's um, pivot a little bit and talk about regional centers. I was on the board for <laughs> probably about 10 years, and I can't say I even understand till this day the regional center <laughs> concept and where Ability First fits into that. But the regional centers are really critical to delivering um, services to um, disabled individuals in our communities. Kathy, tell us a little bit about the regional center infrastructure and where Ability First fits into that. Well, the way to understand this is the state of California for the last fiscal year had allocated about $10 billion towards supporting people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. So it's a, and, and for the, for next year, it's going to be 12 billion. It's a lot of money that gets allocated to people with disabilities. And the way that that money actually gets spent is through a system of centers that have been set up. There's 21 regional centers in the state of California. So the money that's allocated at the state budget gets allocated through those regional centers 
and they then contract with people with organizations like Ability First, the vendors who actually provide the services and they service the clients, the people who have intellectual and developmental disabilities who need help. So that's kind of generally, regional centers are essentially a mechanism through which the funding flows. Okay. Um, and, and one of the challenges that we have is that uh, regional centers, the way they like to think of themselves is they're a bit like school districts. So like that we have a, a state education law and a department of education, but at the local level, the school district gets to decide how it's gonna run its schools. Regional centers have sort of that same kind of autonomy. So it's a really unique system in California in terms of how the money allocated for this purpose gets spent. And so um, for an organization like Ability First, um, wh what are the challenges of, of, of working within this type of system? How much of, first, how much of Ability First's funding comes through the state funding mechanism versus about 65%. Okay. So you you definitely have to work with the regional centers and work within that structure. What are some of the challenges and what can people do to kind of help advocate and support a group like Ability First in that arena? The, the challenges in well, you know, you're dealing with a state budget, which is a big machine, right? And, um, you know, the rates are kind of set at that level. And so depending on, you know, how old the program is or different things like that determine what the rates are. And there's also a difference in how each individual family receives funding. So the way it works is if you have a family member with a developmental disability, you go to the regional center and you're assigned geographic area they do kind of an assessment and then they say, all right, we'll pay for, let's say job training or after school program or whatever the need is. And then they come to a provider like Ability First and say, this is you know, what we're willing to pay. And unfortunately those rates were you know, very underfunded and there's been some movement in the last few years and we're thankful for that, but it's really created kind of a workforce crisis for us in terms of People not wanting to do the jobs because of the, you know, the pay, which is a lot um, having to do with the reimbursement rate that we're receiving from the state. So just really advocating for that to be more of a priority at the state level, along with all their other priorities. Mm -hmm. And do families that need services, do they have to start with the regional center or do they come to an organization like Ability First? I mean, they can come first if they want to just see, but then we have to refer them back there to get the official referral if they want the regional center to pay. Okay. Right. All right. Well, we are having a great and enlightening discussion with our guests from Ability First. Um, we're talking about the regional centers and how they play such a critical role in terms of the delivery of services to individuals with disabilities. So stay tuned as we come forward. We'll continue our conversation with Lori and Kathy from Ability First and celebrating the 32nd anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act. More of Legal Lens with Angela Reddick Wright, helping you see legal issues more clearly when we come forward. Thank you for staying tuned with KBLA Talk 1580. This is Legal Lens with Angela and 
That was a song by the amazing Louis Armstrong. We're celebrating his birthday this week. And we are talking about the 32nd anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act by giving insight to a particular organization that provides services to individuals with developmental disabilities, for example, autism. And um, that organization is none other than Ability First. And joining us is Vice Chair of the Board, Kathy Sanders-Platnick and CEO, Lori Gangemi. Just before we came forward, um, we were talking about the regional centers and the importance. That's where the money flows down from. Um, that's where parents have to start, our families have to start, even if they come to a group like Ability First First. Um, Kathy, give us a couple more insights around the caseload issues at the regional centers and performance measures um, dictated by the state. Sure. So as I mentioned, there are 21 different regional centers and they operate individually. And so one of the challenges that presents is that um, you can get different treatment at different regional centers, depending on what their philosophy is about how to spend the money. So one of the things the state has done through the budget and over the past year is to implement a number of new measures to really focus on how do we bring those services back into alignment so there's more, there's less disparity and more, more similarity in, uh, among the services that get provided. And this is in particularly important to the, the um, communities of color where there's been disproportionate impact. Um, but the state's been really focused on creating some measures and then some incentives to actually equalize that treatment. And so that's another area of advocacy of really making sure that we've got adequate funds available to do all of that work. Excellent. And then um, Lori, like many organizations, both private and nonprofit and even public sector, there's a workforce crisis. We're hearing things like the great resignation. How is that crisis impacting the organizations like Ability First? Yeah, it's definitely uh, a challenge at, at Ability First. And actually, I'm, I'm part of the LA Coalition of Service Providers, and we did a survey uh, among uh, similar agencies and, and broader, and we're all down about 20% staff from pre-pandemic time. And, you know, our, our work is very staff intensive, and we have ratios that we need to follow from the state and for safety. So, you know, a lot of them are one staff for every two people. Sometimes it's one to one or even if it's one to four. So if we don't have enough staff, then we're not able to serve everyone. And it creates waiting lists and it creates uh, problems, you know, with um, within the uh, programs and really to be able to deliver the mission. And the, the regional centers are having the same exact problem. And that's why there's a big caseload problem, because they just don't have enough people to service everything. Right. And, it's, and it's pay, too, because we are right. on the lower end of the pay because of the rates. And so if more money flows through the system. We'll be able to pay people more and that will help. Right. Well, um, when we come forward in our last segment, I do want to pick up on that for just a, a few seconds, if we can, uh, to understand how if people are interested in working in this area, what are you looking for? What kind of background? Um, how they get in touch with you um, as we start to hopefully come out of this pandemic and folks start to look for work again. So stay tuned. You're tuned into KBLA Talk 1580 and we're coming forward to close out our segment. 
And all good things must come to a close. We are at our last segment where we are talking about um, Ability First in connection with the 32nd anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act. And just before we came forward, um, Laura Genjimi, the CEO, was sharing the workforce crisis that Ability First, like many other organizations, are having. So, Lori, if someone were interested in working in this community or even working for Ability First, give us some more insights about what kind of jobs are available and how folks can access them. Yeah, so um, I would refer them to our website, which is Ability First. That's all one word spelled out, .org, abilityfirst.org. And you can see the job postings on there, but one of our biggest needs is for activity leaders. So this is the staff that's working directly with the children and the adults at our community centers, such as the one at 80th and Crenshaw, the Joan and Harry Meyer Center. Um, these are part-time positions. Um, they're you know between 20 and 29 hours a week. Um, so there's morning shifts, there's uh, afternoon shifts. A lot of people do this as a second job. And there's not really any specific training needed. We, we, do, do, we do train people for these jobs. Um, working with the children, there might be some early childhood education hours, but take a look and you know, call Ability First and we can give you all the information. And um, you know, yeah, we definitely need people and we are a great employer, I must say. And um, yeah, it would be, be nice to have more folks interested in working. Awesome. We'll definitely continue to promote that on the show. And Kathy, you shared something interesting um, during our break that many of the organizations that provide services to adults have not returned to in-person services for adults, but Ability First has. Give us a little more insight about that and how adults and children alike can access services at Ability First. Um, so that, that's correct. There are very, very few um, programs that provide services for adults that are back to in-person. Um, and for Ability First, you to access their program, you would do that through the regional center. She'd go, if, if you live in geographically close to an Ability First center, you can call Ability First, but you can also go to the regional center for purposes of trying to get access to services there. Yes, and Lori, for our big philanthropic, those with a philanthropic heart out oh, yeah. there who want to support the great work of Ability First, um, how do they do that? Well, again, I would refer them to our website uh, where they can learn all about us and, and read all of our uh, material. And there's a donate button there. And uh, a really fun way to get involved is our annual Stroll and Roll event, which is coming up in November and uh, it's a 5k walk. It'll be at the Santa Anita Park this year and we'd love to have people come out and join us for that as well. I can attest that is a great event and that's a challenge to me to come out when I haven't been out in a number of years. And I'm recruiting Maisha, my booking producer and Odell to come out as well. It's a fun family event. So that's it folks for today. Um, we have had a great show celebrating the 32nd anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act and helping us with that conversation is Ability First, an organization that provides services throughout Los Angeles County for individuals with de developmental disabilities. Check them out at abilityfirst.org. Next up, we have someone new to our KBLA Talk 1580, Cassie Betts and her show Talk Tech to Me, an amazing show, so stay tuned. And we'll close out with the words of President Barack Obama, whose birthday we celebrated this week also. And he stated that we are the ones we've been waiting for. So if you're looking for a way to get involved, a way to make a difference, don't point the finger at 
someone else. Look at yourself and say, I'm the one that the world has been waiting for. So thank you for tuning in. Have a great and amazing weekend. Be kind to someone, show compassion, and come back next week because we'll have a great show planned for you. Signing off, this is Angela Redock-Wright with Legal Lens.